What is up, people? Worship leaders, this is Todd Fields, and we took a little bit of a break. We hope you're doing well. We hope you're doing awesome. We were at our rest retreat literally three, a little over three weeks ago with all of our coaches, and uh, you've got to jump in next year to this thing. Um, it's growing. God's doing just really crazy cool things when we come together and we set aside some time to pause and get away from the just the uh, routine of ministry schedules in church with what we all do as worship leaders, and we would love to see you there. We actually recorded a hymns project that's going to be out later, probably right before summer, with all of our coaches, and um, man, it was just awesome to be able to worship and hear from the Lord and hit pause. So keep an ear out for that, an eye out, and if you're not on our mailing list, you can go to worshipcircle.com and sign up to be on that, and you will be first to know about when we go live with registration. We're going to open up more spots this year because it's growing, but they will sell out fast. So just be praying about that. This whole thing we love doing is called Worship Circle, small group community online for worship leaders around the world. And it's just awesome to see what God's been doing in the lives of leaders. So many that have come through these small group communities. And if you're kind of going, okay, I've been listening to this podcast I love this. You know, I get to listen to the podcast, but I'm not ready to commit yet. Or maybe you just want to try it out. We have a summit coming up next Thursday, February 28th. It's 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern time, and it's online, so you can join anywhere in the world. We're going to have some great teaching. Some You're going to be able to choose which coach, which mentor you want to jump in their small group. And for this summit, I'm proud to announce we have uh, two brand new coaches that are going to be with us. The first is Pat Barrett. Many of you have heard Pat. He wrote the song Good, Good Father. He's been with House Fires for a lot of years. We just love him. I've known Pat for years. We actually did a podcast interview not too long ago, but Pat Barrett is going to be with us in the summit, so you can jump in Pat's small group if you're a guy. And also, Carrie Job is jumping on our team, so Carrie is going to have a small group for you lady uh, worship leaders, you women, and you can choose her as your mentor for the summit next Thursday. But you've got to sign up now because especially, well, they're almost all sold out. So worshipcircle.com forward slash summit. Don't wait. If you're listening to this and you even kind of part way want to check it out, you need to sign up now because we're going to have to probably close things off uh, right after the weekend if things keep going as they are now. But we're so glad Pat is with us. Carrie's with us. We can't wait for you guys to be uh, known by them and just hear their story and small group and journey with them for these six-month terms that we do. We meet online once a month, a couple hours, and God always meets us, always shows us new things, and always grows us deeper in our relationship with Him and with each other as brothers and sisters. So along with Pat and Carrie, it'll be myself, Paul Balash, Charlie Hall, Meredith Andrews, and Kim Walker-Smith. So we've got a Great team, and we can't wait to meet with you guys this Thursday, 2 to 5 Eastern, online. Sign up now, worshipcircle.com forward slash summit. Lastly, before we get to our awesome interview with a dear sister, who I'll mention in just a second, uh, we love multitracks.com. They are uh, they're gr- doing gr- a great work in the church, literally. And if you you haven't gone to using ClickTrack, if you haven't, gone to learn what the benefits are of using some supplemental stems with your band. Um, It's not cheating. It really is a tool that helps you learn what it's like, especially for all you volunteers out there and people that are working with volunteers. It's kind of like the glue that holds everything together. And it doesn't mean that you always have to play with tracks for the rest of your life, but it's an awesome supplemental tool 
that will bring your team together in musicality to play tighter. Um, I love it. I've used it in church and loved using it with teams. It's an amazing product, amazing system. And more than that, the guys that run it just love Jesus and love the church, and they want you to have great worship experiences where everybody's playing together well and free up time to be with your family more because sometimes if your guitar player isn't there or if you need to just take a break, you can bring in another part, and it's fine because God still uses it in a powerful way. We've seen it over and over again. So check it out, multitracks.com. We love them. And... Now it's time for uh, their interview of a, a sweet sister that I met. Golly, Leslie came on Worship Circle, I think, three or four years ago the first time in one of our online sessions, and I just loved her heart, and I loved um, her passion for Jesus, for the church, for worship, and just the story um, of her life and what she's been through with all sons and daughters. And um, they aren't together anymore right now, but... Um, Gosh, so many of their songs and just that season God's used in so many of our lives. But Leslie's doing some awesome things now. You're going to hear about the new addition to her family and just her passion to help worship leaders and songwriters in their creativity. Um, She's extremely well-read. And every time I talk to Leslie, I learn something new and I'm inspired um, just to step up my game, to read more. And she's going to challenge us all with some other things that I can't wait for you to hear. So this is going to be great. Sit back. If you got notes, take notes. Um, if you just want to make mental notes, that'd be great too. But we love you, Leslie. Thanks for being a guest with us. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Mrs. Leslie Jordan. Well, hey, everyone. It is my joy and honor to have a amazing woman on the other end of this podcast today, Mrs. Leslie Jordan. Leslie, welcome Hi. to the Worship Circle Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Todd. This is awesome. We're so glad. I, um, you know, with the guests we have on, sometimes I've had experiences just in, in an arena with them or in a church with them leading worship. But the first time I heard you was at a Catalyst conference and I was like, oh my gosh, God, this is so good. <laughs> and, uh, so you've you've touched a lot of lives just right from the outset for, for all us listeners. Thank you for your life of faithfulness to the, the kingdom and oh, man. all that you've done for worship leaders and just for people to seek him in song. So thank you. Wow, that's sweet. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's jump right in. I, I, I was just praying about today and I'd love to just start with where are you? What's going on with your life? Like what's, you know, season wise, what's kind of circling around your orbit that you're carrying and thinking about and learning and <laughs> oh man how how long is this podcast no i know <laughs> that's pretty broad huh yeah <laughs> i i've man I, I i think it's broad but it's beautiful it's always good to be asked that question because it kind of sent you know yeah. brings you brings you back down to earth from floating around and all absolutely the, all the other stuff um yeah i mean you know i think i think where i'm at right now is um i i just entered motherhood um, so about a, a year ago, yes. our, our son was born, um, and we're adoptive parents. So, uh, it was a okay. really quick process and, and, um, we, we kind of started the journey back in September of last year. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then by October, we found out we were, we were chosen by a, a birth mom and, uh, and our son was born November 26th of 2017. And, um, and it was, there was about three and a half months. So we were there when he was born and, and about three and a half months, we had to wait before we could bring him home, uh, just due to some legal issues. And, um, mm-hmm. but we would get to see him once a week, uh, for two hours. And it was, uh, the best two hours of, of my life. And then after I left, it was the worst, you know, 
week of the oh, <laughs> worst uh, week of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it was just these oh. like incredible highs and incredible lows. And, um, it, yeah. it just taught us a ton about, um, the nature of waiting. And, um, you mm. know, we, we asked God for, a for a, like a promise before we entered into this relationship with our son's birth mother. And, and, um, Right. And the word my husband got was, I am with you. So he wanted a yes or a no. And God just said, I am with you. And, <laughs> and we look back on that and are so oh. thankful for that promise because um, I think if God had yeah. said yes and we we yeah. dove head first, those three and a half months would have been even harder. And I think there would have been a lot of fist shaking and, and blaming, you know, God, you said yes. Why isn't this happening? But um, but mm. that promise of I am with you really just kind of kept us centered in what it was all about. And, um, and God told us he was with us in the pain of it and he was with us in the joy of it. And I don't know, it gave us a different side of, of empathy and, you know, walking through anything like that with, um, with a birth family, a birth mother, there's, there's pains that we'll never know. And on that side. And so I think, um, God was just merciful through the whole thing. And, and, um, he came home in March of last year. And, Mm. uh, so I've been, you know, full-time mom in it and, um, man, it's, (laughs) it's incredible. It's like, it's, um, there was a, there was a, a part of my heart I didn't have access to before becoming a mother. And, and I'm thankful yeah. that I didn't have access to it. Cause I think in my, my humanness, I would have wasted it on something else, but becoming a mom, it was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I had no idea that all this other love existed. <laughs> and, um, and I feel like I can't give enough of it away to him. And he just, man, he refills my tank every day and, um, he's a great mm. kid. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the biggest change in my life in the last year and a half. And, um, and, and everything else kind of feels like such a perimeter thing, you know, and I, I, but, but I'm, I'm so thankful for all of it because it's, it's, it's really like a realigning to become a parent. And then you see everything through that lens, you know, so. Mm -hmm. What's his name? Judah. Yeah. So he's uh, Judah. Judah. It means praise and Thanksgiving. And he was, he was due on Thanksgiving day. And, uh, wow. his birth mother had actually given him the name Thomas, which, um, you know, beautifully enough is my husband's name. And so we, <laughs> yeah. we, we talked about that with her and just said, you know, would it be okay if we gave, if we made that his middle name and, and we named him Judah as, as a symbol of our thankfulness for what God's done and all of it. And she said, absolutely. So, yeah. Man. So you're, so things are a little bit different in your home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit different. You, you should ask my dogs. They definitely notice that there's... <laughs> Who's there's this a, little human crawling around? Exactly. They're like, what happened? <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, so many of the listeners today are going to know you from All Sons and Daughters. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I'd love to back up just in your life and just kind of your faith journey. Um, what was your life like growing up and you know, family stuff, not not going deep in anything really, but just a little bit of family background and then how you met Christ and just how that whole thing started for you. What was it like? Yeah, I, I grew up in church. So um yeah. we were we were good Sunday Christians. You know, I I look back on my life and I I don't recall a lot of talking about God or Jesus in, in our house, but that doesn't mean it wasn't present. The spirit of God wasn't present. You know, I think we were a pretty tight knit family and, um, but it wasn't like a constant topic of conversation, but we were at church a lot. And, um, and I think of the influence of all the other people on my life and in my faith journey. And and when you're a kid, Mm -hmm. you kind of, 
you have a tendency to look at people other than your, your parents as your, as your guides, you know, kind of along the way. And, um, so I think I just, I got curious about what it all meant and, um, and curious about why people were taking communion on Sundays. And you start asking questions when you're a kid, like, what does all of this mean? And, and, um, we had a really great children's minister and she walked me through all of that. And, um, so yeah, I was about nine years old when I, when I decided to follow Jesus and, and, um, and as anyone who makes that decision knows, it's, um, it's not a signed, sealed, delivered kind of decision. It's a daily, monthly, mm-hmm. yearly, um, thing, you know, that you have to continue deciding to follow him. And, um, and I'm thankful for that. Cause I, you know, like I, I love the, I love the childlike faith that brings us to the Lord, but I also love the refining process of becoming more like him. And, um, so yeah, I think, you know, growing up in the church, I, I just, I was surrounded by a lot of really beautiful people that taught me a lot about how to love other people, including my parents. Yeah. Like I actually watched Aside from, you know, not hearing about Jesus a lot, I feel like I observed Jesus a lot in my parents. You know, my, yeah. my mom uh, worked with um, kids with disabilities and, and we always had kids at our house and um, we were always doing stuff with and for other people. And that was just a part of my family and like how we how we were raised. So like things that may seem or feel different to other people, they weren't different to me growing up. And, mm-hmm. um, and my dad's the same way, like he just goes out of his way to love on people. And, um, and so it was just modeled really well for me in that. And, um, and so as I got older, I was like, Oh, that's Jesus. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that's like what he taught us to do. And, um, and yeah. so it's, it was, it was both taught to me in, in the church and taught and taught to me through the example of how my parents loved people. Man, that's powerful, Leslie. Cause you know, for a lot of us, we grew up and you grow up in church and it's a it's more of a head thing. Right. This is what I believe by faith. And that's great and that's part of it, but to see just love um exercise in your home like that for people is a that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I feel really grateful. Wow. That so uh so where did music, worship and this whole thing that you're doing now like <laughs> right. what was the what was the incubation time for uh, that? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I was talking to my mom yesterday cause I've, I've just always been so anti-performer. Like I, I, I don't like being <laughs> in front of people and, yeah. um, and I had started taking, I wanted to play music. Like I loved music. We always had music on every song that came mm-hmm. on. My dad had a story for, from when he was growing up and, um, <laughs> I wanted to love music that much too, you know? And so I think I started playing the violin in second grade and, didn't make it very far with that. And then, and then got a guitar in fourth grade. And so I started taking lessons and I think about a year into my lessons, my guitar teacher just, he kept wanting me to sing. And so he would teach me the basics of the guitar, but then he'd be like, Hey, let's sing this Garth Brooks song. And so I would, <laughs> I would sing it and he would like make all the boys from the guitar shop come back and listen to me. And then, and then he'd ask Aww. me to come to their like band events. You know, I'm like a 10 year old kid. He's got up on stage singing <laughs> with this, like all these full grown men singing country music. And, uh, I think yeah. it was like the gray County fire department. And, um, <laughs> I was well out of my element, but I, my mom was like, I remember you coming to me and saying like, I don't, I don't want to do guitar lessons anymore because I'd, I don't want to sing, you know, I, I just, yeah. I just wanted to learn how to play. And, um, <laughs> and so she was like, that's kind of how you've always been. You just, you haven't really wanted that side of it. And, um, yeah. 
I, I started writing songs. My, my parents got divorced when I was in middle school and, mm. uh, and I moved with my mom. And so music actually became kind of that, that counselor, that guide for me through a lot of that stuff. And I started writing music and, um, it, it was really cathartic for me. And, um, and so, but again, it was kind of something I did for myself. It wasn't anything I was like, this is what I want to do for my, the rest of my life. Um, mm. and, uh, and then, in high school, I moved back to, to Tennessee and live with my dad. And because I played an instrument and sang, I got, you know, put on the worship team. And, um, and so that, that just kind of naturally happened. I was like, Hey, do you want to do this? I was like, sure. And, um, and so I ended up yeah. leading worship for four years and, and kind of falling in love with it because it, it, it was playing music and it wasn't performance. It was like, it, yeah. it, it was like everything I think I was meant to be and um it was yeah. there was more responsibility to it and i felt the weight of that and i didn't really understand a lot of that until i graduated from high school i started working for a missions organization and um and i had some really great leadership that taught me the importance of crafting a, a worship set and and spending time in the word mm -hmm. and and letting the spirit lead you and um and that mm -hmm. just kind of all from there matured and and my love for the church grew and uh, and my love for, for leading grew. And, um, and then I just, people just kept giving me opportunities to do it. And, um, even though every time I'd be like, I really don't want to, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if I'm meant to do this. And, um, and I think that's sometimes how God does it is he, he doesn't instill yeah. all of that confidence in you. He, he gives other people the ability to see it in you and call it out in you and, and nurture it in you. And I'm thankful for all the people that, that did that for me. So. Yeah, I was listening to Louis Giglio the other day, um, Carrie and I went to Passion City Church, and he was talking about finding God's will, and he said one of the big ways is people around you will say, hey, when you do that, yeah, <laughs> it's a, something's going on there. You right, know? right. And uh, it's a powerful thing. Hey, go back to you're starting out leading worship. What are some of the, like a song or two that you remember from those days? Like, like something from high school? Impact absolutely like <laughs> was that the sonic flood time uh, or was yeah that absolutely that? no it was totally sonic flood um oh gosh now you're putting me on the spot i have i no, I, I mean I just, we led a lot of like your everlasting love and um yeah you know i think uh i don't remember when heart of worship came out but i remember yeah when i heard that song for the first time i mm -hmm. it, it, it was like hearing something different and yeah and I think that's why that song resonated with so many people is because it was such a, it was a cold glass of water. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to say, but <laughs> yes. I didn't know I could say it. I didn't know I could apologize to God in a song for the way I've, you know, <laughs> yeah. murdered this for the last however, however long. <laughs> and it just was so honest, you know? And um, yeah. I loved, I loved those songs that just kind of got to the heart of things. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, when I started That's traveling good. with that missions organization, I got introduced to Indelible Grace. And so hymns became a big thing for me uh, back mm -hmm. then as well. And and uh, just the thoughtfulness and intentionality of words and melody put together, you know, instead of the hype of like, yeah. you know, getting getting kids all hopped up on hand motions and <laughs> which was great that you was mean, high you school <laughs> you didn't lead, lean on me a few oh, times <laughs> yeah you know and in you the light oh my gosh i led in the light like every week you know we we, <laughs> okay. we, we did oh, that song gosh. yes yes then there was a big house big and, house uh, oh yeah you know we did this song years ago it was by oh gosh what was that band it was called breathe deep the breath of god lost dogs 
I don't. I don't think I know that one. Oh, Leslie, it was like it, it was like <laughs> politicians, morticians, philistines, homophobes, skinheads, deadheads, tax evader, street kids. It listed all these people, like it just named and labeled all these people, and then the chorus was "Breathe deep, breathe deep, the breath of God." And everywhere we go, you know, youth camps, they'd be like, "Can we do breathe deep?" Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> it amazing. A, it, it's just crazy what we've all got in our Rolodex. And back oh, then yeah. for us, it, it was transparencies and an overhead projector. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember every week <laughs> handwriting the lyrics, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, thank, and thank God for technology. Yes, technology. Thank God. It has done wonders. So, so many, so many of the listeners probably kind of heard you more when all sons and daughters were formed just a little bit about that how that started for those that don't know and you know haven't heard yeah um i was on staff at journey church here in franklin tennessee and um Mm -hmm. and had been leading there for a couple years and um and just loving the community and uh, i was newly married and you know just having a beautiful support system around and, and a lot of people, again, mm-hmm. that just kind of believed in me and, um, and gave me the reins on Sunday mornings, which I thought was crazy. Sometimes I was still, you know, working under a, a pastor, um, a worship pastor, yeah. but I was, there was autonomy in terms of like choosing songs and leading the people. And so I just, it was a season of growth for me. And, um, and, uh, uh, at the time, I had expressed interest in writing songs for our church specifically because we, we were going through a season mm-hmm. of lament, really. Um, there were a lot of people that kind of found themselves at Journey because they were broken or tired of the church or had been wounded. And that was kind of like our, I don't know, what we were known for was the place you could come and just be broken and, and loved on. And yeah. so we didn't have a lot of songs that that helped people through that season. So I just was curious, could we write songs? And I, and I've, I was in that season too. So I was like, I, I don't think I can do the fist pump songs. And, um, so I just, <laughs> I was really, really right. wondering if it was possible to write songs that met our people in that season. And, and, um, mm-hmm. David had started going to the church around that time. And, and so the worship pastor introduced us cause he had expressed a similar interest. He had been out on the road, uh, but anytime he came home, he'd connect with Drew, the worship pastor. And so he's like, I think the two of you should get together. And and uh, so we we started writing and David was still traveling and I would start leading the songs on Sundays and people really connected with them. And uh, it happened really fast. And, and, and it's hard mm-hmm. now because I, you know, I talk to a lot of people about our story and and it's so unique, you know, people ask like how, yeah. how it'll happen. Like we don't really know, to be honest. Right. Um, it's not a normal thing. And, um, you know, we weren't seeking it out. We were really just trying to be obedient and, um, yeah. and take care of our people. And, um, and in the process mm-hmm. we gave some songs away and, and, uh, and were contacted by integrity music and they asked if we wanted to just meet with them and if they could help mm-hmm. serve our songs. And, um, and so, you know, we, we said yes. And it was kind of a, uh, for me, I, I, I was always so turned off by the music industry. Um, I had, I had seen yeah. it early on. I was offered a record deal at 18 and turned it down. Um, and I just didn't, I didn't like what I saw or how it made me feel. And again, it was kind of that same season where I was like, I don't really like performing for people. And so I don't want to have to become what I think you want me to become, uh, in order to do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this felt different because we were with a label that served the church and they said, we don't need you to be anything other than what you are um, and write and stay there. And if you quit serving your church, this thing kind of goes away. Right. And we were like, yes. Um, yeah. So it just made a lot of sense for us to partner with them. And 
Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's, it was like a, it was a pretty quick thing. You know, we started writing in the fall of 2009 and, uh, mm-hmm. we had signed with integrity by the fall of 2010 and we were out on the road by 2011. So, um, yeah, it was pretty fast and we kind of, you know, our heads were spinning a little bit, but, um, it was great because we did get to do what we wanted to do. And, and, um, we, we continued yeah. serving our church. You know, we tried to stay as balanced as possible between home and the road and mm-hmm. kept getting opportunities. And we would just pray through each of them and go like, is this the right thing to do? We turned down a lot of tours that a lot of our other artists yeah. probably wouldn't have turned down. Um, but because we had kind of clear boundaries from the beginning, we knew what we, we know what, what served our vision and what didn't. And, um, so, yeah. yeah, we just tried to stay faithful to that throughout the sure. the time we, we were together. I just remember when you guys' first project came out, it was like, I think, I think in, in the church music world, everybody, it, we, I mean, there's, there is high production and that's great, but at the, at the core of it, I think a lot of people long for simplicity. And when you could, <laughs> when you could play the songs, just on an acoustic guitar and, yeah, you know, yep. and that, and the melody and the lyric were the power and that was just so encouraging. Yeah. Um, so, so thank you guys. Hey, oh, I want to yeah. ask you something because you hit on something before you kind of started telling the story. You said, I was at Journey Church. I was helping with the music there. And you, your leadership gave you some autonomy to put sets together. And I wanted to dive into this because I think it's a, it's kind of a, a tension in the church and mm-hmm. it's a hot button <laughs> thing. And it's something that as I work with worship leaders, Ah, it's just one of these things, you know, I think we all need wisdom navigating, but, and I'm, I'm going to try not to put words in your mouth, but we all, I think, have this desire to follow the Holy Spirit um, for this journey of leading the people to be something that we're entrusted with, mm-hmm. that somebody says, hey, we want to entrust you with leading the people. And that's a great thing. It's, it's life-giving. We all want to do the best we can with it. But a lot of leaders are in spots nowadays where there's teams in rooms kind of telling them what to do. Right. (laughs) Totally. And then there's this whole thing of, well, we don't like that song and -and so-and-so didn't like that one. And it's just, it gets kind of ooey and gooey in ministry world. Yeah. So just in your experience and opinion, I don't know if that get you know brings anything to mind that you would just encourage people with or any thoughts you have on it but what do you say to pastors listening or people in those positions of authority to try to help them understand the worship leader side of it but then also the worship leader going god how do i hold up when (laughs) you know i'm being told everything to do and i don't have any input like is there a middle ground you know for both (laughs) you know, sides. Man, that's, it is a, it, you're right. It's a hot button thing. Cause I mean, we traveled for eight years and, and every, yeah. every city and church we were in, it was the topic of conversation. You know, how do we do this? And, yeah. and, and although we had autonomy, we weren't there, there, you know, we were still, there were still things that were under microscope and we would revisit Sundays and talk through what worked and what didn't work. And, and so those sure. things were still uh, on the table and um, it mm-hmm. wasn't like a free for all. And, you know, you don't have leadership or input or authority over you. Um, and I think, right. I, I think what it came down to for us, um, was relationship. And I, I, I don't know because mm. I, I've, I've really been out of church leadership for several years now. Um, right. I, I, I left staff at journey, I think in beginning of 2016. And, uh, right. so it's been, and then we left journey the end of 2016. So I, you know, I, it's been, 
it's been so long for me now, but I, I see what it was in route in route to become and not journey specifically, but just kind of the church mm-hmm. in general, which is like this, like a business, we can kind of recreate what is successful in other churches to, instead of, instead of looking at the, like what's best for our people. And, um, right. and, and so, you know, I feel like a lot of the things I would get feedback from people is like the sample size is so small. It's like, how, how do, how do pastors know if the song works or not? Because they're not, you know, like we did it once and, yeah. and it didn't work once. So does that mean it's going to work yeah. none, you know, no times. And right. that was always something we tried to encourage is like, give, give yourself time uh, for a song to, mm. to resonate with your people. We would do it two or three times and if, and then we would decide to scrap it. And so we would ask yeah. for that uh, freedom from our pastors to say like, Hey, we're going to try some new songs this week. And, and we'd love yeah. the permission to do them a few weeks in a row just to see if, if mm-hmm. it's something that resonates. Good. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then I think the biggest thing that we kind of tried to drive home was relationship and, and you cannot have a working mm-hmm. relationship with somebody you don't trust and, yeah. and somebody that you don't know. And I think a lot of times it's that same kind of business mindset of like, if I give you a job to do, you do the job and then we assess the job. And if it's not going mm-hmm. the way I want it to go, then we have to adjust things instead of going like, Hey, I know you at a personal level and I know you at an intimate level of like, how's your family? What's your life like? Um, and, <laughs> and, and so we, you know, we don't, I don't think we can run church the way we run business, but I think there are a lot of churches that try and there's a lot of pastors that sit in a CEO position um, of wanting to kind of, of run the church like a business. And and again, I'm not specifically talking about journey. I, these are just all feedback that I've gotten. Yeah. It just happens. Right. It it happens. And, and I think we were really lucky to have a relationship with our pastor and, and that Mm -hmm. made those conversations a lot easier. And we could sit across the room from him and go, Hey, you know us and you trust us. So you know, we're, we're kind of pushing into That's this good. because, because we care about each other and we can, um, we can push mm-hmm. back and, and that was part of it. And, and we were also given permission to fail. It was like, when, when a pastor mm-hmm. says that, like, I give you permission to fail and then you <laughs> fail and then they get mad at you for it. You'd be like, well, you told me I can do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like, you, be careful what you, be careful what you say. Um, but I do think that's yeah. important for worship leaders and, um, yeah. A lot of times you're going to have a worship leader who's also a creative person. And so they're going to be putting yeah. their uh, emotional uh, creativity into what they do as well. And so that that's like a whole other thing is like learning how to separate mm-hmm. yourself from from your um, your role as a worship leader. And I think that's a really important thing to be able to do. Um, but that takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a that's like. That's like years of experience of doing it and trusting that it isn't about you. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's crazy how long it takes all of us. To yeah. Get there oh man, totally. It's and like, it takes Lord, a lot of whole, embarrassment. Oh whole... yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that's a great takeaway. Relationship and trust. I mean, what a good, what good medicine for us all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in everything. You know, says, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. That's so good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Hey, this is a crazy curveball, but I was reading online about you and social media and something about Facebook. Is that still going on or not? You're oh, kind of yeah. I I honestly I, <laughs> I'm off all social media now, so I don't have anything. Really? Yeah. I I, I yeah. got rid of all you of pulled it. Pulled the plug. I did. I still. I yeah. think Twitter's still active, but um, yeah. I kind of made the decision this year, like uh. 
I think I heard Tim Keller say this, that you become what you behold. And I was like, I'm tired of beholding everybody else's stuff. Like I got, <laughs> I got enough going on in my life to behold and I can miss it. You know, if I'm staring at my phone and worried about what other people are saying about me or about anything. Um, yeah. And I just, I, for myself and the way I'm wired, I, it's, it's better if I'm not um, beholding that stuff and, and, a, a, you know, like trying to manage time with it. It's just better if I just take it off the table completely. And, um, yeah. and it's, it's, good. it's been healthy. It's so funny when I tell people, they're like, Oh, what freedom. I'm like, you can have it too. You know, it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not over here in some like realm of untouchable. Like we, we can all make decisions that, that enhance yeah. our realities. And, but I, you know, I, I don't sit on a, on a mantle of like being better than either. Cause I think it depends on your personality. Like if it, yeah. if it doesn't affect you in any way, then go for it. Um, yeah. but yeah, for me, it just, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything good for me. And so I, I just, I turn it off and it's amazing when you don't have all those voices like in your head, yeah. you know, how, how clear your, oh, how God. clear your thoughts are. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard enough. I mean, I'll, we, Leslie and I were talking before the interview started and um, Carrie and I have four boys and Leslie, one of the things that hit me after just being in the church and in ministry for so long is how unpresent I was as my boys were growing up, yeah. you know, like there's enough, there's enough things going on in our lives right in front of our face totally. that can occupy our, our space and the, the ones we love the most, you know, the boys would say, Hey, Dad, something to be telling me something, and Carrie would go, "Todd, did you hear that?" And I was like, "Sure, they said this." She goes, yeah. She'd be like, "No, they didn't." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah you got to zone in. You got to be present. So I love that, and uh, what a challenge. I mean, just what a great thing because we we all have to carry so much and to add other people's business into the things we're oh, carrying. Oh yeah, well, and and just, really, like it's, it's become you know, such a a marketing thing. Like any social media yeah. is really just about what you. What you think, what you, it's all opinions yeah. um, or it's all promotion yeah. and it's a lot of it's self-promotion. Yeah. And I had a pretty strong conviction um, a few months ago and, uh, and I was reading, I can't remember the Psalm now, um, but it says they fashion their idols like silver and gold and um, they make them with mouths, but they can't speak and they make them with ears, but they can't hear. And, yeah. and I remember thinking we have made an idol out of, ourselves. And so we, you know, we begin, um, whether it's our, the, the job that we're doing and we're, we're working on promoting that, or if, if it's our careers and we promote that or our families or whatever it is that we want people to know about, um, we have this like tool that's catered to creating these mm -hmm. little, these little, um, miniature us's, these little idols, um, that other people yeah. get to look at and worship and, and, and we get to look at and worship other people's little idols and, and, but there's no, um, there's no truth coming from them. There's no, um, yeah. and again, like this is not, I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's all bad, but I, I do see, yeah. I do see the, the danger of it. And I, mm -hmm. and I think for myself, um, it's just, it's kind of a worthless idol in my life. And, and I, and I kind of, I like the challenge of things where I go you know, especially when it comes to artist careers or I spend a lot of time mm -hmm. with young artists in this town and nothing is more frustrating to them or me to have to like talk through how hard it is to build <laughs> a platform to get people to notice you. And I'm like, if I had to do that when we were like, I feel like that would have been 
I would have been like, well, I can't do this thing because if I have to do that, <laughs> I'm I'm not equipped or capable or care enough. And and I just yeah. I get it's it's hard for me because I see the struggle it is for these yeah. these young guys to to feel like they're doing what they're meant to do and they're creating what God has put in them to create, but it all comes with a price and it all comes with a a level of like putting yourself out there and promoting yourself. And it is that performance thing that I've kind of always hated. And, um, and so it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a question I'm wrestling a lot Mm -hmm. with, you know, how do we do this thing with like real integrity and real intention with each other? You know, I'm, I, the, Mm -hmm. my favorite part about not being on social media is I get to, I get to see somebody go, Oh my gosh, how was your Christmas? I really have no idea what you did. You know, I saw a guy last night. He was like, we were in Bali. I was like, you were in Bali. Like those are the things that, (laughs) those are the things that make people jealous on social media. But I got to in the moment, look at him in the face and get so excited for him and like talk about that and, and not, and not ask, but already know like, Oh, how was your Christmas? I already know that you went to Bali, but tell me about it. Um, And uh, so it just, I don't know. It brings a realness back to things for me. So. Yes. Wow. What a great just angle Mm. and different perspective for everybody. Hey, so many good songs, you know, you've been a part of, but I wanted to bring one to the forefront. Um, just cause when we were, we were in a session one time in worship circle and you were telling us about just the process of how it came to be. And for the, for the worship leaders out there that write some, I just wanted to hear just a quick story about Great Are You, Lord. And, you know, I know when you guys started out writing it, it was all done right away. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. It all it all came in the yeah. moment, 15 <laughs> minutes. Everything was perfect. And mm-hmm. everything that everybody's singing now is right there because yeah. God just gave it to you. Right, right. Um, but re- in reality, I just would love for you just to touch on that, just kind of the the unfolding of what that started with and then how it ended just so people can kind of hear the journey and life of a song. Yeah. We, that they're all singing, you know? Yeah, totally. We, we had, um, a co-write with Jason Ingram that day and, and we had written with him before and, and, um, and just love his heart for the church. And, and he said, man, I was just today, I've just been driving around and singing this line over and over again. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise and, um, mm-hmm. And so that was like the beginning, that was the template for where we started. And, and we ended up in a lot of different scriptures and, um, yeah. and, uh, and the song just kind of, it, it did, it kind of rolled out. Um, but it, you know, we had, we had some issues getting some of the like finishing pieces together. And so I think originally yeah. the, the line greater you Lord didn't exist in the song. So it was, I think it was, we are yours and, um, was the line. And, uh, yeah. and we finished the ride and, and, um, and I remember David was kind of like, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's, it's not, it's all right. It's whatever. And, um, yeah. and then a few weeks later I had another ride with Jason. Um, and I, I went to his studio and he was like, Hey, I've been working on that song that you and David and I wrote. And I, I had this, mm. I had this like epiphany and I, I wonder if this would be a better line in place of the, we are yours. And, and he, he played the little demo that he had done for me and I just about fell apart and um I was like wow mm. that's it you know and and um and so you know we brought it we brought it to Paul our producer and and sat with it and we were getting ready to make a live record and and we want we knew we wanted to do stuff we had already written and put on records but we also yeah. wanted to do a few new songs and um and for a couple of us like Gritty Lord was non-negotiable it was like that's going on the record and uh sure. and then there were a couple of people that were like I don't know if it's good you know i don't know if we should do it and um and so it it became this really funny conversation of like should we shouldn't we and uh 
and then ultimately it won out that we were going to put it on the record. And, um, so, you know, like that's, that's the nature of how things work is you, you know, if it were up to us, we'd probably be the, uh, our own, uh, I don't know. God just does what he wants to do with things and it really isn't up to us. So we can, we can be obedient to what we're given. Um, and, uh, and thankful that, you know, like that's something Mm -hmm. I I learned a lot from writing with Jason is like, don't, don't give up on a good song idea too. It's like, just Mm -hmm. be faithful to chase down the right, the right lyrics instead of just the ones that come out first. Um, and, uh, and man, what a, what a brilliant change that was for that song. It changed everything for it. So, um, yeah. So it was almost, we are yours. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, no one would probably be singing. (laughs) Yeah, there would have yeah. been more beer steins going back and forth <laughs> yeah, in the in the yeah, club. Yeah, we yeah, are yours. yeah, but, yeah uh, exactly. The c- crazy thing is, I was just at Passion 2019, and Christian and Brett and everybody opened up with the bridge. Oh wow! And I was like, what a great way! Just you know, That's we're not going to dip our toe. We're not going to dip our toe in the water yeah, here. Yeah, we're just going to yeah. go ahead and start. Yeah, yeah. we all know what we all know what we're here for. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Let's do cool. it. Yeah. So again, thank you guys for all the you know you did and it's blessed so many people with that i know you've got um we've talked about this before leslie but um you've got a ministry or an offering called the fold how's that going and just tell listeners and leaders more about kind of your heart behind that and what you're wanting to do yeah it's 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 about two years old it's going really well um it started as an Mm -hmm. idea for a songwriting community um kind of in a way, helping writers and songwriters find their original voice, um, but in the safety right. of community. So um, not as individualized as maybe some other writing uh, communities or, or organizations are. It's really like mm-hmm. self-led and um, there's no experts. Like there's nobody sitting at the front going, this is what's going to make you a better songwriter. Um, there's no professionals that come in and and try and craft stuff with, with writers. It really is yeah. just like a... If you feel like you need um, a creative shot in the arm um, or if you feel like you need a group of people who are going to encourage you and are in the same you know, season of life as you, um, this is that place. And, um, and so we, we run, um, creative writing workshops. Uh, it's a method that I was trained in called the Amherst writers and artists method. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like five practices that help keep a writing environment safe. And it, the workshop word kind of throws people off sometimes, but it's, there's not workshopping anything. It really is just like creative writing prompts that, um, that allow people to, um, to do some kind of like, uh, res- creative responding to a prompt that I bring and, um, or whoever's leading mm. the, the workshop brings. And, um, and then there's sharing if you want to share your piece and there's positive feedback. So we say what's strong, what stays with us. And, um, yep. it's a, it's a unique way of, um, getting some creative energy flowing. And, and so the hope yeah. in, in pulling that into Nashville and into a songwriting community is to say, uh, like if we can get over the hurdle of our own self-doubt and if we can get over the hurdle of our own um, feelings of inadequacy and, and lack of creativity or all those things that we kind of come up against that resistance, if we can, if we can push through that, then we think the more genuine authentic songs are on the other side. And so the workshops kind of exist as that first barrier in Mm. um, and we work through that together and it's been really fun. I love, I love writing creative stuff with songwriters because it, it almost surprises them sometimes that they were able to do it. They're like, I've never written anything other than songs. <laughs> and they write these like beautiful yeah. pieces. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And um, wow. And so it's been fun to see that. And then we have several artists that have taken those pieces and turned them into songs or used them as 
um, an, an inspiration mm-hmm. for a song. And that's the hope um, for, for the workshops is that it is just that creative spark. And then uh, we do uh, songwriting retreats as well. And right now those are fully funded. We're kind of in this, um, we're, I call it the beta test version because it's not, those aren't open to the public yet. Um, we kind of want to get them, we want to get them down and, and, and part of those weekends, like it's, it's kind of keeping it safe too, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah. so we've kind of curated them carefully. We've selected people to come on those retreats that we know will mesh well with each other. And, um, and we may do that for a couple more years that way before we open mm-hmm. them up to submissions and stuff like that. Um, but we also use the workshops as kind of a, a front door for folks into the organization right. and that way, like. I get to know them or our other workshop leaders get to know them. And then we go, I think this, I think this would be a great fit. This person would be a great fit for the mm-hmm. songwriting retreat. Um, and the retreats yeah. are, are very low agenda. Uh, if any at all, we do both creative yeah. writing prompts and then we split up into groups and write songs. Um, there's no directive. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's, it's uh, write what you want to write and get time and take time to get mm-hmm. to know each other. Um, we have, incredible food incredible drinks like we just spend time <laughs> at a at a cabin out in fairview yeah. and um and we just we love on each other and then the end of the weekend we usually do a song share and that it turns into sometimes it turns into spontaneous worship other times it turns into a party and um it's <laughs> it's just kind of whatever the the dna of the group is um and sometimes both it. you know so it's it's been so life-giving yeah. to to see and it's both for for folks in the in the like christian music genre of yeah. of stuff and then also we have a lot of country and pop writers from nashville that was one thing that we you know we were when we were funding mm-hmm. or founding the organization we were like i don't think this is just specific to writers for the church um you know i think mm-hmm. and we have a girl that's um she's a certified workshop leader who's been in pop and country for 10 years and she her mm-hmm. whole world changed going through a workshop and so uh, she wow. was like, she's like, I, I have to tell more people in my world about this. And I think, I think we'll start to hear songs, um, change in the industry. Yeah. If we give people, if we give songwriters the ability to create together and be in an encouraging environment where nobody really yeah. needs anything from you, nobody's asking for a cut of anything or they don't have an agenda for your songs. Um, so yeah, yeah it's trying to come in really open-handed and serve people, but also, you know, we're, we're, we're in the season of like starting to do some fundraising cause we are a 501c3 and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've had some people that have wanted to underwrite the retreats and we do eventually want to mm-hmm. be able to maybe put some music out and say, this is what's coming out of these retreats. Um, we're, That's we're awesome. in, we're in the process of creating our first publication of the pieces that come out of the workshops. Um, yeah. and so that'll just be just fun offerings of saying like, Hey, this is what's, this is what's happening in our organization. And this is the life that we're seeing come from it. So it's been really fun, a really beautiful journey for me and, and Chris, our, yeah. our co-founder. And, um, yeah, we're just trying to be obedient each next step. How do, uh, how do listeners find out more? Yeah, you can go to the fold.us and uh, okay. all the information's on there so you can read about the retreats. Yeah. You can actually read. So the pieces that come out of the workshops are called wildflowers because we, we, we yeah. say they're those untouched um, pieces. It's that, that original voice. And um, so it's, it's not yeah. cultivated by, by our, <laughs> our uh, <laughs> critiques, you know, it's what, it's the first thing that comes out. So the, you can read wildflowers and actually hear the writer read it. There's usually an MP3 mm-hmm. at the bottom of that. Um, so that's a fun way to get to see what workshops kind of produce um, there on the blog and contact information is on there. Um, if you're local in Nashville and you want to come to a workshop, we have two starting um, and yeah, we, well, nor- we haven't, 
workshops usually every quarter. So uh, those yeah. should be on the website and, and uh, you can read about that. And yeah. Great. So good. Well, hey, a few more questions. One, I know you're an avid reader. Yes. Because we've had you on Worship Circle before and you've got, you start throwing titles of books around like <laughs> you're, a nin- you're a ninja, you're a book ninja. But um, so other than scripture, yeah, a couple of books that have just kind of helped you more than others that you would pass on and say, hey, if you're, it could, doesn't have to be about worship yeah. or any of that. Is this kind it's of all just, time? This is like my all time list here. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd love to know that because I know you read a lot and. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I don't know. You know, I think in the last couple of years, um, I've, I've really, I've done a lot of memoir reading. Um, yeah. and I've tried to do, I've tried to do more of that, like from a understanding people's story perspective. So, um, I started to read as the cage bird sings my Angelou. Um, and I would say, obviously that's mm-hmm. like a, a classic and, and, um, um, from a, from a, worship perspective or even from a creative perspective uh, i mentioned this resistance earlier there's a book called um the war of art by stephen pressfield that is huge if you're in any sort of creative field um that was a big book for me to read um anything mm-hmm. by henry nowen is i kind of go through seasons yeah. where i just i read i have pr- I, I i think i'm lacking a few of his books but i have a huge nowen library where i just kind of circle through um, in the name of Jesus is one I've read recently of his. Um, and then he's got three books that are like, I think one's called spiritual direction, um, Mm -hmm. discipleship, and then there's another one. And so going through those three in the last year, um, have been really helpful for me. Um, and then the one, Mm -hmm. the one book that really kind of started the, um, vision, not started the vision for the nonprofit, but how I got to know about the Amherst writers is a book called how the light gets in by Pat Schneider. And, um, and that book, she, she it's really her story, but then she talks about the creative process and and how um, how it's Im- imperative for creative people to to tell their story through what they're doing, and um, mm. and then to be a part of a community of people that help you do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you gave me more time, I could probably send you a whole list. I think I did the last time we did this. I was like, I'll, I'll send yeah, you a you list because I, I don't have my books yeah. in front of me, but I I could probably rattle off a few more. No, but it's good. I think I've got to be a better reader. I think some people just eat books up and then others are like, oh, how do I, get, how do I do more? I, go th- I totally I go I through seasons, to. you know, it's a, it's totally yeah. a seasonal thing where there's days I can't stop reading and then other days I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to read. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. C- Carrie and I love Henry now and it's Ugh. just, um, she's studying to be a spiritual director right now. Oh, that's just, amazing. There's, we're, we're learning so much just. Uh, over these, these this year, yeah. Uh, now one's a huge piece of that. That's great. Um, okay, uh, another curveball. This is just for fun. Most embarrassing stage moment that you can talk about. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I I mean I have to talk about it, right? Um, okay, yeah. Okay, I won't say the word that I sang, but I'll tell you, and you'll understand. So we have oh, uh, no, here we go. We have a song. <laughs> called oh our lord and there's a couple verses so one one verse is we behold the breaking dawn and then another verse is we (laughs) behold the falling rain and i thought we were starting the falling rain verse but we were starting the breaking dawn verse so i started with (laughs) we behold the and then i turned (laughs) halfway through the word to say breaking so 
you get where it goes, but I totally said oh, the yeah. F word in a worship song and, uh, and oh, yeah. <laughs> we get off stage and Kara, our cellist goes, remember that time Leslie said the F word on stage? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, I was hoping nobody noticed. Um, so I don't know That's how many amazing. people knew, but that was definitely, um, I had that red hot, uh, red hot face moment. Like, oh gosh, what did I do? Total accident, but I did it. Unbelievable. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I think it helps us all. Oh, I there's love many more. Yeah, yeah. 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 It helps us all uh, just laugh about something that is, is serious a lot of times, but keep it fun. Yeah. You have to. Absolutely. Well, um, Thank you so much, Leslie, for being on with us. And yeah. uh, just for your life, your heart, all you're doing for writers. And uh, we will be keeping you guys, uh, Judah and Thomas, in prayer. And with this next season you guys are in. And we're just grateful for you and all you've done for the church. And oh, man. Let's pray God's continued hand on you. And Thank you so much. Can't wait to. Can't wait to. I want to hear some recordings from this Fold project. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully yeah. we'll be able to to do that in the next few months so it's it's pretty fun stuff that's happening so yeah Yeah. well thank you again hey could you pray us out yeah i'd love to i'd love to yeah thank you lord thanks for our time together and and just the conversations that hopefully point us back to you um god when we can remember um where you have been and what you have done in our lives and and um it allows us to to see where you're illuminating uh the steps in front of us and so god i thank you for both the ability to remember and to to dream and um i'm thankful for todd and for what worship circle is and uh for how it serves people who are asking the questions the hard questions of how to lead and how to love and serve and so i just pray um an abundance of favor on them um in this season as well that um, God, you would give clarity and direction and, and, um, and God, that everyone that's involved um, in the worship circle experience um, would see a new side of you through um, each other and the community that happens um, around the table. And uh, we love you, Jesus, and we, we do all this in your name and pray all this in your name. Amen.